Mm, today is going to be good. As I looked out as we were just worshiping, and I'm just seeing you guys' face, there is a reason why you're here. You're going to be super blessed. And it's not because I'm an amazing speaker, but what I'm about to share from the Word of God is it's going to speak to you guys. Come, come, come. Phil, there's still another seat here. Come around this way. Come around this way. All right. And you guys need paper. Need paper. Even if it's your hand, get a pen out and get ready to write. It's not going to be a lot. I'm not about writing because I'm not a good speller. But here we go. Everybody got a seat? All right. This is nice. This is intimate. I like this. Now, last time I preached, I ran out of time, so I started rapping. And my fiance, she called me, and she's like, hey, this time, don't rap. Just get the message out. And so that's what I plan to do. Um, you know, you guys have been called to establish God's kingdom. Amen? Do you guys just say amen because I said amen? No, no, it's okay. It's okay. You, you can be honest if, if you just said amen because I said say amen. Because there's a lot of things we just say. Right? You know how Pastor Brian Kim last time, he preached about the word conviction. That word is used just anywhere. It's just thrown around conviction. Yeah, I got convicted. But what did that mean? After we got a new perspective of that word, man, I've been rethinking the whole thing. Even as I read the word, as I feel conviction, I'm like, wait, this is not shame and guilt. I feel like God's showing me who I truly am. The word has a totally new meaning to me. In the same way, when I said, God has called you to establish God's kingdom, a lot of this, this stuff is just like kind of Christianese. We're so used to it. But words are powerful, right? They are. If I said love, we're like, yeah, I know what love is. But then I'm walking with a friend of mine, and I'm talking about love in the aspect of my fiancé and commitment and growing deeper in that love. And when he says love, he's talking about a fling that he just had with a coworker of his a couple of days ago. Your idea on the word can totally change your mind on how you think about things, right? That's the same with the Word of God. When you read it, you might think, I've heard that before so many times. But when God gives you a fresh perspective, boom, something changes. And that's why today, you're in for something really special. I'm excited because as I look at you guys, man, God has called you to great things. And um, so I'm going to talk about establishing God's kingdom. And there's a lot of ways to go about this sermon. There's like identity. Like you could, you need to know that you're a son of God. You have authority to establish His kingdom. Or I could go in the direction of hearing God's voice because you need to be led by God's voice, the good spirit, or you'll end up establishing your kingdom. But I'm not going to go that way. Many ways to preach this word, but I'm going to go into the direction of vocation, career, job. See, when I'm at university, when I talk to students, I meet two kinds of students, if I really generalize. One student is, man, I came this semester. I fell in love with God. I'm going to university. I came here to prepare for my vocation, for my career, but I don't know what to do now because I'm so in love with Jesus. There's that student. That's their dilemma. The second student is like, they're on the edge. They're like, ah, I feel like if I go all in, if I give God my all, then I'm going to have to do something that I don't want to do. So I feel like, you know what, I'm on the edge. I'm a little, you know, I don't want to go all in. That's the kind of two mentalities I see a lot. I don't know where you guys stand, but as I bring new perspective on the word kingdom, God's kingdom, things are going to start to shift in your mind. So we use the word kingdom a lot. We were singing, you know, kingdom come, 
King, we're worshiping today. Were you guys just saying kingdom? I mean, what does that look like? I mean, Jesus says, when he tells us how to pray, he says, what does he say in the Lord's Prayer? Three, two, one. Our Father in heaven. Your kingdom come, will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we pray, God, let your kingdom come. But what does that kingdom look like? Because if it came, we should stop asking for it, right? What does the kingdom of God look like? What does the word kingdom mean to you? Someone might be like, revival! Because we're just saying that, revival! We want to see your kingdom here. So revival. Then what's revival? Once again, a very abused word. We just throw it around. Hey man, you need revival. Hey, the church needs revival. What does somebody mean when they're saying revival? The word revival means to restore. Bring back to life. Right? And so yes, when the kingdom of God comes, His righteousness and justice is coming, and we see sin being stamped out, sin that brings death, we do see things becoming alive again in the lives of people, physically, spiritually. But then how do we then measure this thing called revival? Let's do some thinking. So you might think, what does it look like? It looks like the church getting filled with people until it's like overflowing onto the streets and people just singing hallelujah everywhere. So what's it look like? Mega churches. That's revival. Is that revival? If you look out into this kind of like the skyline of Seoul at night, if you're looking out, even tonight, if you look out, all you see is red crosses everywhere. Who's seen this? You look out, you see red crosses everywhere. You're thinking, revival! Wow! Korea is on fire! Jesus, you might as well just come back or just come back to Korea at least because we're doing so good. The churches everywhere. Revival! Is that, is that how we measure the kingdom? Because if that's the case, what, what's going on in Korea? Is it life that we're seeing? It's debatable. So when I say a church getting big into a mega church, I mean, Korea was the first to go past that million-person church, people church mark. But um, yeah, that is revival. But today, I want to give you guys a kind of a bigger perspective, bigger perspective. And the reason why I was just looking out at you guys when you were worshiping, I'm like, man, there's something special. Because when I first saw this and I got this perspective on the kingdom of God in this kind of new way, it clicked. Something just went off in my head, and I was like, I get this. I get this. And it totally changed my idea on how I looked at things. So, look at me writing on the board. You're like, is this a lecture or is this a sermon? It's a sermon, okay? You'll be set free at the end of this. So, <laughs> we think that, man, I'm on fire for God. We've got to see revival. We normally tend to think church. If we get church filled up with people, man, that influence will change a nation. And we've seen revivals in churches. But yet, the thing is, about the church being revived, yes, it had influence, but did it transform the whole nation? That's thinking church is part of what we can call religion, right? Religion. There's other religions, and we're like, no, Jesus is the way. And as we grow, as Christianity grows, we'll grow in influence and we'll change a nation. So when we see God moving in the church, building up the church, we're thinking, revival, you know. But how about government? How about education? How about media? 
How about what else is there? There's business. Mm -hmm. And technology could go in here because why? Why do we make technology? To make money. And so we go on. There's art. Sports could be included here. And then family. Yes. So if you think about it, these spheres of influence, they influence a nation. They can change a whole nation compared to what takes place in these areas. I'm going to take you to an interesting verse. And um, that verse is when Jesus has just finished his 40-day fast. Satan takes him up to a high place. It says on top of a mountain. He takes him on top of a mountain. And then from that high place, he shows him the kingdoms and their glory. Isn't that interesting? Kingdoms, plural, more than one. More than one sphere of influence. And what he's practically saying is, look, I can give you these kingdoms, which means I'm, I can give you the nations. Because whoever has the influence and who has the control of these certain things, they can change a whole nation in which direction it's going. Interesting, right? So if, we ha if we're thinking... And the kind of religious mindset that, look, if you're 20 and you love Jesus, you got to go full-time in the ministry. That means a preacher, a missionary, and that's why they're like, you got to come here. Oh, you, you're, in the, you're a businessman? You're making all that money? Hey, you gotta, you got to pour all your assets right here. That's what you got to do. And look, don't waste your time moving up the ladder. Lead a small group. Because revival is happening down here. But what have we done? We've actually taken people who are supposed to be in these places of influence and brought them right here. Which is interesting because the reason why this is kind of shaped like a mountain is the top, maybe top 3-4% pretty much make the decisions for that whole, let's say if it's a mountain, a whole mountain, that whole industry. If you think about Korea's media, this is where I'm at, this is where I do my work. If you think about it, it's just a couple of companies. CJ, maybe it comes to the Yonain singers, artists, it's just four or five that's in your hand that are right here. They make the decisions. But the thing is, when we move from here, when God has called us to be here, on the top of the places of influence on these, on these different, um, let's call them mountains, right? We end up here and it leaves vacuums. Meaning... If I'm not preaching here today, somebody else will be preaching, right? In the same sense that when God has called you to be here, 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 or it could be here, but you choose not to be, then someone else gets to put somebody else here. Satan says to Jesus, I put people whom I will right here. That's what he tells him. Isn't that interesting? If we think in our mind, we say, let your kingdom come. If we only think about this area, we're only thinking that God and his power is trapped within the four walls of the church. But the truth is, God is Lord of all. Meaning this is the kingdom of God. Come a day, every knee will bow. But as of now, not every knee bows. That means we have a mandate to take dominion. Right? But if you are thinking in a very kind of generalized Christian 
mentality like, oh, I just got to go to church. I just got to put all my effort and time here. And you got to take it in a, with a grain of salt what I'm saying right now because I'm talking about vocation. And I'll go into the importance of why you need to be part of a church. But if you're attacking the religion mountain, when God has clearly given you passion and a calling for business, art, family, people like Joseph, Daniel, they, weren't, they were men of God, don't get me wrong. But they were called to these different mountains, and they had insane influence. They saved nations. Why? Because they followed the calling of God. Before I go totally away from my notes, I'll come back once. <laughs> yes. So here, I'll, I'll go into a bit of my story. While I was in school, going from junior high to high school, I always had a passion for entertainment. I was like, man, I want to do this. I want to become an actor. I want to become a model. Man, I can't tell nobody. I, like, people think I'm going to be weird, right? And even as I saw it in the church, I'm like, Man, God would never support me in this. Never. Look at all the people in the media mountain. They're all sinning and like, man, it's so dark. I can't do it. And then, um, but God just would not relent. It was a desire that I just couldn't get rid of. I'd literally pray, God, pull these desires out and put your desires in, Lord. Why would you leave them in me? Why would you frustrate me by putting these desires in my heart, right? And I remember I was going to a church and I used to have like really bowed out legs, like, you know, bent out. And um, the pastor was actually praying for my legs to come back in. And really, in my mind, I'm thinking, man, my legs come back in. I'm going to become a model. Yes. That's it. That's it. Yes, Jesus. And then he's praying, and my legs, power of the Holy Spirit, start coming in. And then a lady who was watching in the back just like, now he can be a model. And then the pastor was just like, rebuked her. Like, what are you talking about? You can't be, stop putting weird thoughts in this kid's mind. Like, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm, th- I'm, sta- I'm standing there thinking, but that's what I wanted to do. That's what I wanted to do. I feel like that's what God's called me to do. That was all this tugging. Like, God, could you be called? Am I called to this? Is there a reason for me to be here? Or do I give everything up and become a pastor? Because I love you. So for a moment in high school, I told my friends, I'm, I'm becoming a pastor, guys. I'm a full-time missionary. Full-time! Because that's what it's all about. But as I journeyed with the Lord, He kept revealing to me that, David, you are full-time. I've anointed you to be right here. I've anointed you to do my work right here. You don't just worship me here, but you worship me right here. And as you take dominion and as you go up and as I give you influence, I'm going to see my kingdom established through you right here. Right? So who of you guys know where you guys are called to? Or are you still in a place of, uh, I have no idea. And that's fine. Christine, what do you want to do? Mm -hmm. You want to be an entrepreneur with fashion. That is awesome. Do you know how many people in this mountain has given up their spot? Because they're like, oh, it's, um, it's too dark. Oh, man, Christians love that word. It's too dark. It's too dark. And when I hear that word, I'm like, what? Too dark? We're the light. We're more powerful than darkness. We don't belong. We belong in dark. We belong there. We're bringing the light to those who do not have it. What, why are you telling me that I shouldn't be where I need to be? And so as I'm sharing this, I told you, you've got to take it with a grain of salt. You've got to take it with wisdom because some of you guys are like, mm, let's do it. All right, I'm going right here right now. I'm going up the media mountain. There's some people who are not here right now because they think, 
you know what? I know where God's called me to. I'm going to call. I'm called to be a dancer. So you know what? Sitting here at Emmaus, you know, it ain't going to make me a better dancer in any way. So I've got to practice. God is with me. This is what I'm called to do. Mm, I've got to do my moves. So they're out Tuesday nights or wherever they are. They're practicing. And you know what? In one sense, it's like, awesome. You know where God's called you to. But you've got to know that God sees you holistically. Not just your vocation. He doesn't want you to climb this mountain and get destroyed. Or climb this mountain and get this, into this place and not be who God created you to be. For instance, when Satan tells Jesus, I'll give you the kingdoms, you might think like, hey Jesus, just take it. Take the deal. Just Go to the spheres of influence and then just have a righteous and justice rule. Just rule, right? And then, ha Satan, we tricked you. But you know, Satan's smarter than that. He adds a little thing at the end of that contract. He says, bow down to me and worship me. That's important. Why would he say that? Because he realizes that if he bowed down and worshiped him, he would have influence. The thing is, when we go up these mountains, the government, the education, the media, business, art, you have a battle to fight. Maybe in the business mountain, it's greed. It's money. Maybe in media, it's lust. It could be a whole lot of different things. But whatever you guys bow your knee to as you go up this mountain is what will control you when you're at the top. I hear, say that again. (laughs) And I say, listen to the podcast. (laughs) I want to repeat it for you, but so much to say. So as we're going up this mountain, what would that look like then? You see, Satan chooses whom he wills. Look, he's not at the gate saying, are you a Christian? You are? Okay, turn around. He doesn't do that. He goes, are you a Christian? And then he looks and goes, what kind of Christian are you? Okay, you got to pass. Go up the mountain. And you're thinking, oh yeah, Jesus gave me favor. I'm going up this mountain. Not the case. Not the case. If it's too easy, something's wrong there. If your maturity and your walk with God is not at the level of the influence that he's giving you, you've got to be worried. For instance, people we know, maybe like Miley Cyrus, lover of Jesus Christ, swinging on cannonballs. Look, God looks at your heart. What makes you think Jesus? Uh, what makes you think that Satan does the same? Doesn't do the same thing. He can look at you and be like, "Oh, he's got the Christian outer appearance," but oh, I see. I have some loopholes. I have some bondages right there. I can use this person. It's possible. So as I say this, and I say, you got to know as you're called to establish God's kingdom you can know that you can be called to multiple different areas. You can be free to seek God and know that He knows the desires of your heart. But as I share this, I say you need to be in the house of God, the church, because you need the two C's. I want you to write this down, the two C's. C and C. It's covering and community. Without covering and community, and you make your way up this mountain, oh man, it's going to look bad. See, 
For instance, let's go to media. Mel Gibson, he had a good idea. Let's do a movie about Jesus. Keep it real. Let people know who he is, what he went through. I love my God, so I'm going to make a movie about him. He goes up the mountain, tops of fear, puts out this movie, but he didn't have a community. He didn't have a covering, and we all know how that story ends. The movie does fantastic, and it, did, it got sold the most in countries that hate Jesus. It was powerful, yet the man, he wasn't ready for the whiplash. Because you think Satan is just going to chill once you get up here? Not the case. When you come up here, you want people who are covering you, meaning speaking wisdom into your life, like, hey, slow down, seek the Lord. Pastors who love you, who will, no matter how famous you get or how well you're doing, will speak honestly to you. Look, this ain't the right thing. You've got to check your heart. A community of believers, mutual edification, people who are praying with you, believing with you, that there is days when you're like, oh man, Jesus and I are tight, we're doing great, I'm praying, I'm everything right now. But I'm telling you, there comes days when you just can't pray no more. And you just feel so vulnerable. And at that moment, can you look at your cacao chat and be like, oh yeah, yeah, these people will pray for me for sure. Because these people I've been fellowshipping with. We've been praying together, we've been sharing together. They know what I've been through and I've been there for them. As I say, hey, I need prayer, boom. I know that they will be praying. Fellowship, covering, the community. So as I said, you guys, it's so important that you guys are here right now. Just the fact that you're in university means that you're studying, you're preparing, you're seeking God like, God, where have you called me? What's the vocation? Where have you called me? And also the fact that you're here right now tonight is to say, Lord, I know that academics is important for me to do your will, but I know that you see me holistically. You don't care about what I do as much as my heart and who I am. God is not like, okay, go up to the education mountain, totally revamp whole of Korea's education, education, that they would do it more in a righteous and justice way, but your life will fall apart. I don't care about that. That's not Jesus. That's not God. He sees you holistically. He wants you to walk in full strength, with full joy, full peace, through every season and establish his kingdom. Right? So I've shared a lot. Everything's a bit here and everything's a bit there. And so I want you guys to draw that little picture down and then think about it. Think about it. Ask the Lord. You guys can hear his voice. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this last bit with you and that is psalm 37 because i feel like a lot of you guys are either in that boat like oh these desires i have i don't know if they're from god or i feel like if i trust god then you know he'll end up making me do something i don't want to do and i hear that one too many times and that's the funniest thing even when i was younger that's the worry i had and whenever i ask other christian friends they're like yeah he'll call me to go to africa like you know (laughs) he always had this fear that god would make them do something that they don't want to do very limited perspective, but I'm going to share with you the, the verse, Psalm 37. We know it very well. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. He will give you the desires of your heart. That's interesting, because there's two ways you can see this. That one, that He will give you the desires that are right here. Right? Or two, He will give you the desires of your heart. Interesting, right? You can think of it both ways. But the thing is, he said 
He knit you together in your mother's womb. He knows you. In the most being, He knows you through and through. And when I used to talk about this verse, I'd be like, yeah, 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 desires of my heart. Yeah, Lord. I didn't really understand that God actually knew my desires better than me. And the biggest revelation I had of this was starting, working, starting work at the radio station. Because I was like, God, media, that's where I'm called. I'm going to be an actor. Yeah, Lord. Or a model. That's what you've opened up for me so far in the agencies. That's why I'm moving forward. That's why I'm coming to Korea. These are the desires of my heart, right? And I'm like, Lord, yeah, I'm going to delight in you because that means I get those desires. Yes. And then, weird enough, he starts opening doors for me to work in the radio station. And I'm thinking, oh, man, you, like, God, like, what is this? I didn't ask for this. This is so random. As I'm walking to the radio station, Christmas Day, because someone didn't come in, so they want me to sing a couple of Christmas songs. I'm like, why am I doing this? But I just felt like God was saying, be obedient. Look, I wouldn't give you a stone when you ask for bread. Look, trust me, it's going to be good. So I'm like, okay. I go. As I'm on the radio, this happens that Christmas, and then one year later, Christmas comes again. Another radio station calls me up to do another Christmas gig. Random, right? Um, I become the Christmas singer. But the interesting thing is, after that, I landed a full-time corner every week. And um, after my corner, I, I would go to the gym and work out. So after my corner, I'd go to the gym, and as I look in the mirror, I realize I'm smiling. I'm literally like, and I was like, that is bizarre. Like, I know how to feel happy, but when my face is smiling and I'm not looking at anybody to show you I'm happy, and I'm literally just, I'm like, wow, I must be really happy right now. And I realized what I was thinking about was, I was thinking about what I was saying at the radio. I was like, man, how did I come up with that? That was funny. And I was, I was just really, really like, no shame, pleased with myself. And then this is when it hit me that God knew that when he created me, that not only would I be good at being a DJ on the radio, but he knew that I would love it. But for me, when I was seeking God, like, no, God, agency, why did I not get that audition? God, this is like the millionth time I live by my phone. This is, I don't know what comes tomorrow. I just go and get rejected, rejected, rejected. God was saying, David, don't worry. I know your desires even better than you. I was asking for all of this other stuff, but he was like, did you know there's something else you don't even know about that you really love? Isn't that crazy? Right now, there is something that you guys have never even experienced that you could possibly really love and be really good at. And God knows that. Some of you guys are sitting there like, I don't know what I'm called to, you know? And that's okay. And that's okay. Just trust God with how much he shows you, and he'll take you there. And once you get there, it's going to be amazing. Now, there's kind of two ways to look at this because sometimes people are like, okay, so if I find the right vocation, it's going to be all like, oh man, this is fun, this is glory, I feel your presence, Lord God, this is my desire, I love it, I know that you're here. Possible, yes. I went to the radio station and I did really love it from the beginning. But there's other instances where God's just like, trust me, do this. And you're going, oh man, I hate this. This couldn't be you. I hate this. And even, this could be studies, or it could be a major. You're like, God, I felt like you were just kind of telling me to go into this, and I did, and now I hate it. Why am I in Korea? I hate the food. I hate the people. This could be really your heart. But the best example of how it hit me was pull-ups. Man, I started working out 
in the gym about 14. That's when I started. And I loved, guys would understand me. There's a part of their body that they love to work out. They're like, mm, I'm a chest man. I like to do the bench. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm all about, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm all about the biceps, you know? And then they also have the body part that they hate. Like most guys, it's their legs. They don't really like doing legs. For me, it was my back. I was just like, back? You can't even, I can't even see my own back. What is the point in that? And then when it came to pull-ups, oh my God, it, just, it would just torture me. I was just like, man, I hate this. Out of every workout in the gym, it's just the one I was like, I don't want to do. I tried to find other workouts that would somehow work my back for me to not do that workout. But consistently, everyone's like, pull-ups, that's where you got to go. It's going to form your body. It's going to be good for you. And recently, a couple weeks ago, my brother was like, hey, man, I just did this, did this workout. You should try it. I'm like, well, what, what workout was it? He's like, it's easy. I did it in 35 minutes. All you got to do is 100 pull-ups, 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, 100 squats. I'm like, what? Like, 100 pull-ups? Like, is that, is that physically possible, 100 pull-ups? And he's just like... Yeah, yeah, of course. Just, just break up the sets and, and break up the reps. It's fine. Like, as long as you get 100 done, you're good, right? So I'm like, all right, you know, I'll give this a go. It takes me 35 minutes just to knock out those 100 pull-ups. But at the end of it, I was like, oh, man, my body got this insane workout. And just the fact I broke the 100 mark was just like, wait, I can, I can do this. I was just like, I couldn't wait to heal again to try it again. And lately, it's all about pull-ups. That's all I did. I'm like, yeah. Get it? And then I'm just looking out into Korea praying because I work out in the mountain. It's really ghetto. But it's got to pull up by That's all that matters. And as I was doing this, I was realizing, oh, there's certain things that God calls us to that at the beginning we're not like, yes, I feel it. Oh, this is what I'm called to. Some things are not like that. God's just like, have faith. I'm leading you somewhere right now. Like Joseph, he's just like, don't worry, I'm with you. You're still a favored son. You may have just got thrown in a um, what was it, pit, and then you got picked out, and you're like, oh, I'm getting out of here. And then you get sold as a slave, and you're like, what's going on? And then you go to prison, and you're thinking, God, have you abandoned me? But Joseph doesn't take on that mentality. Whatever he gets given, he's just like, I don't understand where this is really taking me, and I'm not really scrubbing the floor going, I love it. This is what I'm called to. The floor looks so clean and beautiful. I'm sure he wasn't feeling like that. He was just being faithful with, with as much as God gave him in that prison or cleaning Potiphar's floor. But came a day, Jesus was like, look, you're right where you need to be. And he ended up right on top of that government place. I remember when I first got into media, I felt like um, from what I learned and what I experienced, I'm like, okay, I see the steps ahead of me. After this, it's the agency. After agency, I'm going to do some auditions, build my career, da-da-da-da. After that, like this, like this, like this, like this. I need an agent. And then I remember God saying, no, it doesn't have to be that way. It can look completely, completely different. Do you trust me that I could get you here in a completely unique and different way? And I was like, what? And he gave me this dream. I was dreaming that night. And I see the soccer ball, right, on this field. So I'm like, yay! Boom, and I kick it. And then I realized that it was a TV commercial. I was like, oh my goodness. Because then I realized all the cameras are set up. I'm like, what have I done? And then I, I start to run off. And they're like, wait, stop. You want to be in this TV commercial? And I woke up and I was kind of like, wow, Lord, that, that was kind of bizarre. Like, you're supposed to get an agent and then the advertising company will come up with the job. Then they'll tell the casting agent. They'll tell the agent. And the agent will send you. And then you've got to audition. And then I cut the whole process. 
trusting God to lead you up this mountain is important. It's really important. He knows, He knows, He knows the desires of your guys' hearts. And so right now, there are certain things that you're thinking, man, even Emmaus, or maybe it's your studies, you're thinking, God, why am I doing this? I don't feel like this is leading me anywhere. But you got to trust God when he says, have faith. I am taking you somewhere. And don't worry what it looks like in the natural. It can look very bizarre, very different. But um, I can do it. And I have a little bit more time, right? So I'm going to share a, a little bit more cool stories of trusting in God. Um, simply, when I came to Korea, knowing that I was called to this mountain, that he was going to give the desires of my heart. First of all, when I landed in Korea, I just had a bag. I came to New Philadelphia Church, and like, I remember Eunice and stuff. They're like, hey, you're in Korea. What are you doing here? I'm like, I don't know. I just came with one bag, took it. And um, I was just like, God, okay, I'm in Korea now, and um, i got to take entertainment for you, right? Let's do this thing. So that means i got to get into agencies. i got to do this. i got to do that. And God was like, no, stop. Stop right there. I want you to find community. I want you to find covering. I was like, really? Okay, God. And I came to New Philadelphia Church. And that's where I started to get discipled. I started to mature. I started to grow. And I even started to do this thing called Emmaus ministry. And it's kind of like, God, why am, I, why am I at Emmaus, you know? Like, sowing into these students isn't going to help me go into my career path or my vocation or bring me here. Man, I spend all my time here. Is this getting me anywhere? But God made me realize something very important because I worked as a casting director, and that means I'd cast m- famous models or actors from overseas. I'll come for TV commercials in Korea, and then I'd manage them. And so on shoot, I'd be managing them, and I realized, oh my goodness, the discipleship that I learned in Emmaus, how to disciple, how to love, how to speak into people's life. Oh my goodness, it's just bleeding in and just flowing right into here. Like, they're like jaded. They're like, man, I don't, Christians, ugh. And then after I talked to them, they're like, really? I want to go to your church. I'm, I'm like, oh man, God, you taught me how to love. You taught me how to be real. And man, that reminds me, there was an important point in here that I missed out. What does it look like for you to go up this mountain? It looks like Jesus. And you might be thinking, what? Why Jesus? And the thing is, whenever I've been going up this mountain, and people have told me, kind of with the religious mindset of, look, you're going to dark places, it's going to influence you, it's going to do all of this and that. I remind myself of Jesus. Our goal is to mature and become more like Him. And so when we look to Him in the Word of God, I see I see a man who is not afraid of darkness. Also, I see a man who is not influenced by darkness. I was talking to a pastor of mine who was all, a pastor friend of mine who's also in the entertainment, and we're talking about like all these people, Christians in the entertainment industry, complain about, oh, it's so dark, I'm getting so influenced, like it's so hard to survive. I'm like, we're sharing. I don't feel that way at all. Are they in a totally different entertainment to us? No, they're not. But we realized. Um, was something to do with the mindset and the heart. See, Jesus was the center of the party. You know, if you saw him hanging out with people today, he, w- he might not be here right now. 
he might be up in Shinchon at, at a bar with all these, like, you know, the students that you know have been doing some bad stuff. And he's there hanging out with them. And you'd be thinking, like, Jesus, look, it's 7 o'clock. Emmaus, what you doing here? That's what you might think of him. But he wasn't afraid of darkness because he knew that he could go into that place and with the heart of love change the lives of people around him. And people enjoyed being around him. They wanted to hear his stories. And the thing is, while Jesus was there sharing, being the light, being salt, he wasn't getting drunk or giving into their ways. People still loved him though. Isn't that interesting? And even when I'm in the workplace, I've never found my position actually once. People keep asking me, oh, how do you survive? Well, how, do you, how do you survive all the drinking and all the... I'm just like, what do you mean? I've never felt pushed to do any of that. Ever, actually, up to this point. People enjoy me being there because they know that I'm real with them. I still share what's on my heart. I laugh with them. I love on them. I don't hold a plumb line of Christianity against them because... They haven't received that miracle of the Holy Spirit, bringing them to Christ. You can't compare them to a Christian and be like, why are you living in all this sin? They don't know Jesus Christ. And as of this moment, they're seeing Jesus Christ through me. How am I going to represent him? Am I going to represent Jesus as the guy in the corner like, oh, no, no, I don't want to drink. Oh, no, 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 it's just, uh, don't talk to me. Look, okay, oh, all right, oh, look. Oh, it's late, i got to go. The thing is, being late and having to go, not drinking, those are not the issues. This guy right here, you see his attitude so clearly. It's, I don't want to be here. I'm really awkward right now. And what is the answer of non-believers? Yo, have a drink. Relax. Why you have a drink? You can relax. It's just the way they're trying to lovingly connect with you. If your heart is in the right place as you approach them, and you're like, no, I don't drink. But you're still there, present loving on them, talking with them, hearing them out, loving on them, that's hard to reject. That's very hard to reject. And it happens uniquely through you. Uniquely through you guys. So, man, there are so many beautiful stories um, that I could tell you about that just blew my mind that even though there was things in my life where I was like, God, am I I getting anywhere right now? These pull-ups, I hate them. Right now, I'm not feeling them, but you keep whispering in my heart, yeah, it's the right place. And sometimes when I haven't felt that, I'd go to my leader and I'd be like, my covering, um, people that God has put in my life, I'll say, look, I feel like, man, I got to do this, I got to do that. And they'll be like, no, trust God. You got to be here right now. And sometimes that was a hard pill to swallow. Because it's kind of like, hmm. I could be at Emmaus or I could go to this really, really, really other important club meeting that will set me up for my career. And if I miss this opportunity, I don't see it coming around again. Those decisions are not easy to make. I understand. I felt it multiple times. So have the staff. So have the staff. But they are following the voice of the Lord. They don't come here every day feeling, yes, Jesus, I feel it. It's good. This is all I wanted to do all my life. Talk to university students about Jesus. We have a few staff like that. But all of us, at some days, I'm going to be honest with you, we don't feel that. But as we walk, we have to remind ourselves, like, no, God, you've called me to this. You're doing something special here. Right? I believe that you called me to media, but Lord God, you, you are here. We're right here in this room. We're here in the education mountain. And Lord, you're calling us to bring worship here. Bring down your kingdom. 
And th- as I was pre- preparing this message, this is actually the word I got for my fellow staff members, and it was, God is so pleased with us. Yeah, he is. As I was thinking about this, I was thinking about each mountain and their influence and their spheres of influence and how they rock and change a nation. Who here is a history major? Nobody. That's not very helpful. But hey, think about it. Think about it. How many events in history where things just got rocked happened from university students? Tenement Square. You see, university students who are in the education mountain, getting educated for their vocation, they realize something's not right. We've got to make a change. And they go and they just totally flip over nations. And this is where we're at as a mayor staff. We're here right now reaching out to the students on the education mountain, believing that just as they're growing in academia, if we bring the truth and the word of God, that you guys will go from here, 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 here. And you guys will realize that you guys walk with the Spirit of God. And you would walk with wisdom up these mountains. You wouldn't do it alone. You would know that there's people who love you, who pray with you. That God knows that He didn't create us to do things alone. He created us to do it in the house of God. Surrounded by people who are believing and praying for the same thing. And that's why even in small groups or in this area right now, it's amazing. If I think about it, and as I look at you guys, it's like, man, Phil. Who knows how God's going to use Phil? Amazing artist. His art might go all over the world. Everybody may know his art, maybe not his face. But they will know his art. But people will realize, when I put this artwork in my house, my kids are at peace. When I put this artwork in my office, when I nearly want to end my life and jump out the building, I look at it and I just feel this amazing peace. It's because Creator God lives within Phil. He knows where he's called to and he's not apologetic about it. That's why through his art, it's changing lives. And then I look out and there's someone in fashion. There's someone who's going to go into government, into teaching. People in this one room right now is just, is going to go into all these different places. And as staff, that's what we pray for. We pray, God, reach them now. Reach them now. Let them know that with you, all things are possible. Because I'm going to tell you right now, once you get to these mountains, it's ruthless. If you're, if you're good with being down here, not moving up, becoming complacent with your life, it may not be too bad. But you're going to always have this longing and a feeling of, I'm called to so much more. Because you are. You guys are called to so much more. But in this time, as you prepare for these different seasons to come, when you realize that God is with you, He communicates to you, He puts people in your life that can speak truth and life to you, you realize that I have nothing to fear. My God is with me. I have nothing to fear. I can go forward with boldness. And that's what it takes. So this little diagram here, I remember when I first saw this, it just clicked. Something went off in my head. I'm like, yeah, I understand it. It makes so much sense. I thought this was the kingdom of God and there was always this, I was so unsatisfied. Because some people, fair enough, they're called to be preachers and full-time missionaries and that's awesome. That's where they need to be. If they're not there, it's going to leave a vacuum. But for a lot of us, we're in the house of God getting built up and getting community and covering, but He's calling us when it comes to vocation to these different areas. 
So when I got this, it clicked. And I'm believing right now, as you guys are watching and you're looking at this board, it's clicking. And after this, for the next like whole month, as I went back to New Zealand, I, was, I don't know how many napkins I drew this on. Because I'll talk to friends and they'll just be like, yeah, man, I just feel like, man, what's the point? Like, ah, I, I thought, I mean, I'm good at this. Like my friend, he's a designer. He designs the most amazing cars. But he loves Jesus. So he's just like, you know what? Like cars ain't going to save people. So why would I invest my time, pay all that money, go to Europe, take up a scholarship and do that? I need to lead worship, but he's terrible at playing the guitar. <laughs> he is a distraction, <laughs> as Pastor Benjamin was saying. He is, and when I saw him, I'm like, dude, you feel like that because you ain't fulfilling the desire that God gave you in your heart. He called you to come to the art mountain, design these amazing cars, and it will glorify God the Creator in you. Don't be worried about how He will do it. That much you should have faith and trust and start walking it out with the Lord. And in the same way, as you guys go on, on this journey yourselves, is oh man, okay God, then where am I in this? And what do I need to trust you in? Is it covering? Is it community? What do I need now? But also, as you meet friends, this here, draw it on a napkin. And just be like, hey, have you ever thought of it this way? It's not like these mountains exist in the Bible. It's just perspective. It gives you a greater understanding of a word that we've just thrown around. Kingdom. Let your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. I'm going to be right here on top of that media mountain saying that. When I reach this top, I'm still traveling up here and I'm still fighting my battles. But I'm saying, God, let your kingdom come. Here, here, here. And we're at the top. Oh, hallelujah. Let your kingdom come. I want to see Korea change because media has been changed. That's the same thing. When you guys say the prayer now, it's not just, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Carry on. It's your kingdom come. Visualize. Finally, when you say that, it means something. When we sing revival, we want to see your kingdom here. You're thinking restoration. Bring life to Lord God, the business mountain that is so corrupt. Bring life to the family that is so broken. Bring life to the art that has just got so perverse. Revive it, Father. Revive it. And use me, Lord, is what you guys are thinking. Revival. Kingdom. These words should mean something very new to you right now. So we're going to go into a time of prayer.